Francis Ngannou is taking over. The fighter from Cameroon is coming off the biggest win of his career. And because of it, he is now the UFC heavyweight champion. But this was something that was expected to happen back in 2018. He quickly rose up in the UFC heavyweight rankings with six straight finishes. And not only did he get a shot at the title, but he was also becoming a huge star. And that popularity was bound to explode had he captured the belt. But he was unable to and afterwards, he lost again. And all the hype that he built for himself early on was quickly fading away. But now, in 2021, he is back on track. So how did Francis Ngannou get so good? Hey guys, it's Keon, and today we're going to be talking about Francis the Predator Ngannou. This video comes a week after he captured UFC Gold. And I couldn't be happier for him because this man had the wildest path to the top. He went from being the UFC's next biggest star to being on the brink of losing his job with them. It was heartbreaking to see in real time. But now looking back at it, it definitely was a pivotal moment for his growth as a fighter. So in this video, we will take a look at Francis's MMA career to really understand how he got so good. But first, shout out to the undisputed members of my Patreon. They get the extra perk of a shout out before each video. But even the intro members get early access and video to the Keon Kamaru podcast. And as always, all the money goes to charity. Now let's get to it. Francis began his MMA career on November 30th, 2013 at the age of 27. This debut comes five years after he began training in boxing. His first opponent was Rachid Benzina. Francis immediately dropped him with a left hand. And although Rachid tried to bring the fight down, Francis denied him and connected with more punches that led to another knockdown. Eventually, Francis mounted him and locked in an armbar which forced a tap. 14 days later, he fought Zumana Sise. Francis threw some big punches in this fight and had Zumana in trouble at times. But Zumana did not back down and returned with some shots of his own. He also mixed in some takedowns and at one point, he was close to locking up an armbar. And as the fight went on, Francis was getting tired which led to him getting tagged on the feet. After two 5-minute rounds, Zumana won by unanimous decision, ending Francis's first defeat. Following this fight, he entered the 100% Fight 20 Comeback Tournament. After defeating Bilal Tatahi by knockout in the semifinals, Francis advanced to the finals that same night to fight Nicholas Speck. Francis rushed in with a barrage of punches immediately. Nicholas got hurt but bought some time by attempting a takedown which he eventually secured. But Francis immediately got on top. Once the ref stood the fight back up due to inactivity, it went back down and this time Francis displayed some good groundwork. And the dominance both on the feet and on the ground continued throughout. Eventually, Francis finished the fight in the second with an arm triangle choke, making him the tournament winner. Five months later, Francis fought Luke and Galeka. Francis dropped Luke with a kick right away. And although he got back up, Luke ate a barrage of punches that dropped him once more. He tried to take Francis down, but it got denied. This led to a standing guillotine that forced Luke to tap. The fight lasted 44 seconds. After this win, Francis fought William Balduti. The two felt each other out on the feet early on. Once they clinched up, Francis began to throw knees. But this ended once William secured the takedown. He tried to get a hold of Francis's back, but got reversed. It was an even first round. But in the second, Francis secured the takedown and began to unload big punches that eventually forced William to tap. This 5-1 record led to the UFC signing Francis. He made his debut on December 19th, 2015. His opponent was Luis Henrique. Luis looked good in round 1 by securing a takedown and connecting with some punches on the feet. But Francis connected as well. And once Luis was unable to take him down in the second, Francis unloaded with a barrage of heavy punches. Eventually, he connected with an uppercut that dropped Luis. And the finish was sealed with a huge hammer fist. Four months later, Francis fought Curtis Blades. Although Curtis was a skilled wrestler and even secured a takedown at the end of round 1, Francis was picking him apart on the feet and even dropped him. This continued into the second and this caused Curtis's eye to swell up like a balloon. He was unable to see through it going into the final round. And this forced the doctor to stop the fight. After this win, Francis fought Boyan Mihajlovic. It took Francis 94 seconds to drop Boyan with a barrage of punches which led to ground and pound, forcing referee Herb Dean to step in. Five months later, he fought Anthony Hamilton. Although Francis got taken down early, he got back up immediately. And while he was being held on the cage, he locked up a Kimura that forced Anthony to tap. Five 
Following this victory, Francis fought former UFC heavyweight champion Andrei Arlovsky. This was a huge test for Francis, but all he needed was 92 seconds to connect with the right hand that dropped Andre before finishing him with ground and pound. At UFC 218, Francis fought former Strikeforce heavyweight champion Alistair Overeem. This was a big time fight for Francis who was quickly rising due to his finishing power. After clinching up, the two separated and Francis connected with a huge uppercut that knocked Alistair out. This was followed with a big hammer fist. This was one of the most brutal knockouts in MMA history, and it was clear that Francis was next to fight for the heavyweight championship. And to the surprise of many, the fight went down a month and a half later, which was a quick turnaround for Francis, especially for such a high-profile fight. His opponent was champion Stipe Miocic. Despite being the challenger, Francis was the favorite, and after getting taken down early, he connected with a bunch of punches that hurt Stipe. The fight looked moments from ending, and honestly, any other man would have been out because these were some serious bombs. But somehow, Stipe survived and connected with a few shots of his own before securing another takedown. Here, he threw ground and pound and attempted to guillotine choke. And although Francis got back up, he was very tired and it wasn't helping that he was getting picked apart on the feet now. He drained all his energy by trying to finish the fight early. And through rounds 2-5, to five, he was in survival mode as Stipe had his way with him both on the feet and on the ground. After 5 rounds, Stipe won by unanimous decision. And Francis and his team received a lot of backlash for his game plan in this fight. Regardless, he came back at UFC 226 to fight Derek Lewis. This fight had so much hype behind it as both men were two of the heaviest hitters in the division. So if no one was to get knocked out, then at the very least, it would be a war. But literally, the worst possible outcome happened. It was clear that both men respected each other's power, but it was to a point that neither wanted to commit to any attacks, and this resulted in the two circling each other for most of the fight. It got so bad that Herb Dean had to stop the fight to tell both men to get more active. Although it was very uneventful, it was Derek who did just enough, because for the most part, Francis was very hesitant and almost seemed afraid to pull the trigger. After three rounds, Derek won by unanimous decision. Now on a two-fight losing streak, Francis went from being the UFC's next superstar to being on the cusp of losing his job. It really was a quick rise and fall for him, and his next matchup against Curtis Blades looked like it was going to be the final nail in the coffin. Although Francis defeated him before, Curtis went on a win streak afterwards and was close to a shot at the title, but Francis spoiled that plan by quickly dropping Curtis with the right hand before finishing him with ground and pound. It seemed like Francis was back, and his next fight was a huge test as he fought former UFC heavyweight champion, Cain Velasquez. Although this was Cain's first fight in almost three years, he was still regarded by many as one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. But all Francis needed was 26 seconds to connect with punches that dropped Kane, which ultimately led to the finish. This win wasn't only scary, but it was also huge. Four months later, Francis fought former UFC heavyweight champion, Junior Dos Santos. Although the fight went on a little longer compared to his two previous bouts, Francis finished Junior in 71 seconds with punches. Now everyone believed this three-fight win streak was enough for Francis to get another shot at the title. But with the Stipe Miocic and Daniel Cormier trilogy playing out, Francis had to wait. Despite being a lock for the next shot of the title, he was still willing to fight. And with fellow heavy hitter Jorginho Rosenstrike calling Francis out, the two went on to fight at UFC 249. Now I give credit to Jorginho for the call out, but Francis recorded his fastest finish by knocking him out in 20 seconds. And all he did was rush in wildly with punches before Jorginho got clipped with a left hand and went out. Francis truly cemented his spot as the number one contender. I mean his 4 fight winning streak combined lasted less than a round. So at UFC 260, he fought for the heavyweight championship. His opponent was Stipe Miocic, making it their second meeting. Francis kept the pace calm instead of going all out from the start, and it went well as Stipe was tentative on making any advances. Eventually, Francis connected with a big right hand. Stipe shot for a takedown, but it got denied. This led to big punches from Francis, who also attempted a takedown of his own. He also connected with a nice kick to the face of Stipe. After a fantastic round one, Francis turned it up in the second by dropping Stipe with a left hand. 
This led to more punches from Francis. Then Stipe connected with a right hand. Francis backed off for a moment and Stipe saw an opportunity for the finish. But as he rushed in, Francis countered with a left hook that folded him. He connected with a big hammer fist before Herb Dean stepped in, making Francis the new UFC heavyweight champion. This moment was a long time in the making for Francis and even though it was expected to have happened earlier, in a way it's even better that it happened this way as he is a more mature fighter than before. And that growth wouldn't have been possible without the adversity he went through. So after going 16-3 and in a career that saw him go from failed prospect to UFC heavyweight champion, how did Francis Ngannou get so good? At the time of making this video, I personally think that he is the hardest hitter in MMA history. I go through the list of fighters who I used to give this title to, and although they too had scary finishes, Francis's highlight reel of knockouts is the most terrifying. But I almost prefer for his opponents to go out quick so they won't have to face the ground and pound, because his ground and pound is nightmare inducing, and Francis is so fast that it's difficult for any ref to stop him on time. That knockout punch to the hammer fist looks deadly. Both his hands have the power to put his opponents down or fully out, and his boxing in general is super crisp and having a long reach really helps with that. So does his speed and strength. His jabs, hooks, uppercuts, and overhand shots can all easily end someone's night. And when he mixes all these things together and adds in kicks, it makes it difficult for anyone to rush in and fully commit to their attacks. Because one mistake and it's over. And I know rushing in while swinging wildly is not considered to be skillful, but honestly, who can stop that when Francis does it? In fact, that's what he did early on and it was the reason for his rapid rise. Plus, he low-key had a nice submission game. However he'd approach it, he was the aggressor from the start and was looking for the finish. And quick finishes means less damage which contributes to his durability now and in the future. But when it came to an elite heavyweight like Stipe, that game plan definitely wasn't effective. Stipe proved in their first matchup that if you survive the early onslaught from Francis, then the fight will be smooth sailing from then on. Because Francis gassed out in that fight and this took away all his power and speed, which made him susceptible to eating shots and getting taken down. It was a devastating defeat because had he won the championship that night, he would have been a massive star by now. But Francis himself would say that this loss to Stipe was very necessary for his growth as a fighter. Because going into that bout, he was on a huge ego trip. He was finishing fighters left and right and was coming off of one of the greatest knockouts in MMA history. Plus, he was the favorite to defeat Stipe. He was crowned champion by many before he even was one. And I feel like it all got to his head. I mean, even UFC president Dana White made comments about Francis's ego at one point. And once things didn't play out the way it was supposed to, it shattered his confidence and that really showed in his performance against Derek Lewis, which was one that was tentative and not aggressive whatsoever. He looked lost that night. And to make matters worse, his relationship with longtime coach Fernand Lopez was developing a lot of tension. They simply weren't on the same page anymore. Fernand blames this on Francis's ego. And while that may be a reason, another is that Francis began splitting his training in both Paris and Las Vegas. This lasted until his win against Cain Velasquez and from then on, he trained in Las Vegas full-time. In his corner, he had extreme couturist Eric Nixick and former kickboxer Dewey Cooper. And sometimes he'd get the help from UFC welterweight champion Kamaru Usman. Not only did they get some huge wins against some big names, but they also got the biggest one of them all in the rematch against Stipe. The game plan for this fight was beautiful. Wrestler vs striker matchups are usually in the favor of the wrestler, with most believing that the striker's only way to win is with that one lucky shot. But the way Francis fought in this fight really changed that narrative. And if he continues to fight like this, I can see him holding the belt for a long time. This was the birth of Calm Francis, a fighter who attacks but doesn't overexert himself, a fighter who seems like can defend any takedown, and best of all, a fighter who has confidence again. Which is great to see as I really thought after his two losses, we missed out on what could have been one of the greatest heavyweights ever. But now that he's back on that path, what's next is even more exciting. The biggest fight that could be made is one with former UFC light heavyweight champion, John Jones. John, who has been dominant for his entire career, is finally moving up to heavyweight. And many believe that Francis 
Francis has what it takes to give him his first real defeat. This fight will not only do huge numbers, but it will also be huge for the sport as a whole. But even if that fight doesn't go down, Francis can still complete the trilogy with Stipe. And honestly, I wouldn't mind a second fight with him and Derek Lewis, as I believe it would be much better than their first. But a matchup I really hope comes into fruition in the future while Francis is still champion is a fight with Cyril Gunn. Not only would the fight be amazing between the two strikers, but the backstory is perfect as Fernand Lopez coaches Cyril Gunn. Yes, the two used to be training partners. Regardless of the matchup, Francis will be the star. He looks like what a heavyweight champion should look like. And with his fighting style, I can already see him becoming very popular in the mainstream. In a way, this should have been expected, even on the cusp of his two-fight losing skid. Because this is the same guy who went through many hardships while growing up. But against all the odds, he became a UFC fighter. When he put his mind into having a better life for himself, he got it. And when he put his mind into becoming a champion, it happened. As scary as he is physically, it's his mentality that's even scarier. And it seems like he's only getting better. That's why I think Francis Ngannou deserves to have the title of baddest man on the planet. My name is Keon and this is my take on Francis the Predator Ngannou. You agree, disagree, or have something else to add? Please put in the comments down below because I love to read it. If you like this video, please give it a thumbs up and subscribe to my channel for more content like this. But that's all I have for now, so I'll see you on my next one.